Hey, Failed It fam, it's Aaron here, and I guess you could say we failed it at keeping this episode clean. So if you've got little ones running around, grab some earmuffs. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey there, my name is Erin Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world, and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Welcome to the Failed It podcast, the podcast that reminds you, you have to fail in order to improve. I'm Erin Deal, the founder of Improve It and your host and Failed It family. Today, I'm going to pee my pants. I am. <laughs> That's how we're starting the show. <laughs> I couldn't keep it in. <laughs> I'm so excited to have my long lost friend who I met on the interwebs, Angie Lee, to the Failed It podcast. Angie, welcome. Woo! I'm just over here peeing and pooping my pants because <laughs> I feel like you, me, and Judy like need to go on a girls' trip or something because. <laughs> We'll just crack up laughing because you know what? Women who are funny need to stick together because this world is, is you know, being a human's hard and comedy is the only thing that I think gets us through. <laughs> I am with you. I'm down. I'll bring a wine helmet. We'll, ha- we'll wear a helmet <laughs> with a straw and we'll, I'm, I'm ready. I'm so ready. Okay. Well, let me just gloat about you real quick for anybody. If you're, if you're not on Instagram, which most people are who listen to this show, but I can't believe it took me a year to find you. I don't even know where I was. I wasn't living until I found Angie Lee. But here's her background. So Angie is a vivacious marketing maven who found her soul's calling in helping women kick ass. She is a highly sought after marketing mentor, motivational speaker, professional podcaster, serial entrepreneur, and the author of her soon to be released book, Ready is a Lie. So. She is the co-founder of Soul CBD, the creator of the number one female personal development and business event in the United States, pays to be brave, and host of the Forbes Top 100 business podcast, The Angie Lee Show. Now, Angie's genius is teaching women how to make friends with fear and make money doing what they love in a motivational fun, and approachable way. Angie, yet again, welcome to Failment. Oh, that was so sweet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I hear about myself on paper, I'm like, I'm not that cool. I'm not that cool. Girl, you're like, yes. Well, I wanted, I wanted to start there because I 
So you and I met through, we haven't met. This is our meeting. <laughs> I feel like I know you though. Yeah. I feel like I know you too. But I, I, I have watched you on Instagram, just share your story, share your vulnerability. I, I found you through our, our mutual friend, Judy Holler, who was uh, recently on the Failed It podcast. And the one and only Instagram is where you live. And I, I found you because she posts and she helps celebrate the magic that is soul CBD, which we will talk about in just a minute. And then I found your podcast, the Angie Lee show. Then I got a baby grandma filter for my Instagram stories. And here we are. So (laughs) you, I, I, so I, anybody who is not following Angie, follow her. It's hilarious. So I saw you posting on your stories about failure and I knew, I had to get you on the show. So I want to just back up a minute for the failed at family and talk about the elephant in the room. What is a baby grandma? They need to know. Yeah, it's so funny because I started the hashtag 10 years ago in my college dorm room. It was a joke. My roommate would make fun of me because I didn't want to go out and party. And instead, I wanted to stay in, take a hot bath, read books. Like I've been 90, you know, I've, I was like, I was 20 going on 90. You know what I mean? So she always would say, you're a grandma. You're such a grandma. Like your hobbies and your interests are a grandma. And one day I was like, you know, it's kind of like I'm a baby and a grandma, almost like a baby grandma. And she's like, oh, that's funny. And so I started the hashtag. I was blogging, sharing my life a little bit on social media and it became a thing. And now 10 years later, we have merchandise. It's the name of my community. I have a filter. It's just blown up. And I actually have some pretty big business goals with it. I have some ideas of what I could do with it, but it just shows the power of something that started as a joke and something that was literally just a funny hashtag that came to me one day now has turned into the name of my community. And it's basically old souls in a young body, you know, PJs over DJs. So if that's you listening, like I'm your girl, I don't go out. I'm a hermit. I stay inside. I watch Netflix and I drink hot cacao, you know, and it's okay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. I love that you have this merch. Um, also, get her filter on Instagram stories. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, hello, baby grandmas. Welcome to the Fielded family. So, oh my God, this is amazing. So, I'm also a huge fan. This is literally the sequence of how I found Angie Lee is beautiful. But I, I literally bought your product right away because Judy Holler said I should. And also Aww. I was stressed as shiitake mushrooms because hey, <laughs> 2020. Okay. So <laughs> I used them. I used your strawberry CBD or soul CBD gummies and Yay. bless up girl. They are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you started this business. You mentioned, we mentioned in the bio, you're a serial entrepreneur, but what made you want to go into business with your brother? What made you want to go into the CBD business? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Mike and I actually had a company in Chicago, a food distribution company many years ago. I was dropping out of college and, you know, I was super rebellious and thought this is going to be the next, you know, zillion dollar ideas, healthy meals delivered to people's doorsteps. Like this is genius. Well, it kind of was actually, because now it's like a thing, you know, there's all of these Mm -hmm. (laughs) huge massive food companies doing that, but we didn't know jack poop about food distribution. We don't have a, we did not have a background in restaurants or food or anything like that. So 
Mike and I decided to launch this business. He put most of the money in. He put most of the money in in the beginning because I was like 19 years old and broke. And you know, I was like, this is it. This is going to be the the biggest thing ever. And it failed. It failed, my friends. It failed. Mm -hmm. We lost a lot of money, time, resources, all of those things that happen when you start something and it doesn't quote unquote work. But we learned so much. And so years later, Mike uh, was a professional athlete. And so he was using CBD for pain management. And I started taking it for anxiety. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this, you know, that's kind of the name of the game is you're riding a roller coaster and it's up and it's down and you need something to help you calm your tits, you know? And so <laughs> I started using CBD for that. And one day he was like, we should start a company. We should do this. People need this. And the rest is kind of history. I mean, we, we put some of our hard-earned money in and we have been at it since now for two and a half years and it's blown up. And I credit a lot of that to building brand and building trust with the baby grandmas and sharing a lot of health and wellness information on my page and, and women trusting me. And gosh, it's been crazy and it's been fun. And yeah, so we, we actually had a company together before that didn't do well. So now it's nice to have one that is doing well, but who knows, maybe we'll have another one one day that fails. So <laughs> cheers to hey. failure. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. I will cheers you with my wine helmet on and the glass in my hand. Okay. This is amazing. And truly, I mean, they really are good. They taste good. They, they like are cute packaging wise. So I think (laughs) kudos to you guys. You didn't, you nailed it. You didn't fail it. So that's good. Okay. I have so many questions, Angie, but let's start with something you just mentioned. You show up so raw and so authentic on Instagram. You share your story with the world on, I remember seeing a post about how you had one woman show up to your first webinar or something you're hosting. And you just kept showing up every single day, even when there wasn't somebody necessarily listening. So I'm so curious, your show, your Angie Lee show, your podcast is so big. It's a top 100 Forbes podcast. So did you, when you started the podcast, did you already have an audience? How did that build? And can you just share a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah, I did not have a huge audience when I started. I did have a small-ish audience. I had some people on my email list. I was starting to do some webinars and I was consuming 40 hours a week of podcasts myself, uh, You know, health, wellness, personal development. And I'm on a run one day listening to a podcast and I'm like, you know what? It's time that I do this. I need to be this voice for women because man, I'm wasting so much time. Well, not wasting, but I'm spending so much time listening to other people's shows. It's time for me to have a show. But then of course, imposter syndrome comes in and it's like, who are you? But you're not smart enough. You suck. You're not cool enough yet. Why would you have a show? So I had to battle that for a bit, but I just started messy, you know, and that's one of my favorite things to, to tell women when it comes to success is start messy, start where, you know, start without all of the answers. And I started it in my gosh, really small closet in Chicago. Again, going back to Chicago (laughs) in my small apartment and I stayed really consistent and I, I had fun even when it wasn't necessarily growing at an exponential rate every day. I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed sharing what was on my heart. I enjoyed the conversations and I truly believe that when you keep, you know, when you stay consistent and you stick with it, I mean, it grows, you know? And so, gosh, it's, it's been a crazy journey with it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's been crazy. But honestly, I, I didn't have all the answers with it. You know, if you listen to my first few episodes, the audio sucks. Like it's not perfect and it's messy and it's, it's me. It's me just showing up. And I love that. I want women to hear that. I want people to say, you know what? That's exactly how I'm starting right now. And that's the way, that's the way you grow it. And now it's literally my full-time job. I mean, I'm a full-time podcaster. And so for me, it's, it's interesting. That's something that started as, hey, I wonder if this is going to work. Or, hey, I wonder if anybody's really going to listen to this other than my mom and my boyfriend at the time. And now it's my job. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And it mm. just shows the power of showing up and showing up messy and realizing that it doesn't need to be perfect in order for it to become successful. And learning that is literally why now I'm, I'm writing this book, but it's, it's crazy how perfectionism is really what keeps everyone stuck. And is that, is this sort of what made you and inspired you to want to write ready is a lie? Was that, was that the impetus behind it or what, what made you say, I need to put this book out into the world for all these baby grandmas? Yeah, for me, it wasn't just the podcast growth and knowing that that was started as a joke or an idea with a hundred dollar microphone in a closet. And then it blew up. It, it wasn't really just that it was the event. It was the businesses Mike and I have started. It's speaking, it's gosh, courses, you know, having zero people buy a product and then having hundreds, if not thousands. And so I think this, in, <laughs> the book came from me realizing that the one secret that I have, or the one thing I would tell someone if, if they were like, Hey, what's, what's the secret to success is ready as a lie, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't know anybody successful who started when they felt ready. If you do, it's it's way too late. So the entire book is about the concept of, gosh, not being perfect. It's the anthem for the woman who's a perfectionist to get out of her own way and to realize that if you do not start messy and if you're not willing to embarrass yourself, you're never going to have what you want. I mean, you have to be willing to have a day one and be embarrassed. You just do, and you know this with comedy, you don't become this massive comedian with a Netflix special unless you've really bombed it a few times. And yeah. that's just the reality of life. Same thing with business. People want the secret to sales, have sucky sales calls. Do you want the secret to an awesome podcast? Keep showing up, have some sucky shows, but you keep going until you get better and you, <laughs> you listen to yourself and you realize, wow, that sucked. I could do better. And so you just keep showing up even when it's messy. And so that's what ready is a lie is about. <laughs> oh my God, girl, preach, praise hands, all the things. I will say this. I think the failed it family listening can really resonate with that. We talk a lot about perfectionism on this show. And I've had a few women say to me specifically, we have, we have male listeners too, but a lot of women that I speak to really resonate with that piece on perfectionism because it's, it's stifling it's stifling and it can kind of put us in this, this box where we are meant to flourish outside of it. So I, speaking of flourishing, let's talk about your IG stories yet again. Um, I know you want to get into comedy. I know that's, and you know, that's what we do here at Improve It. We do professional development using improv comedy. And so we are here for it all. Um, and I know you love a poop joke, which I do too. Yeah. And that's my sense of humor. Um, but I've seen some of your posts too, when you said that you weren't showing up as your real authentic self in the beginning. And then when you first started writing on Instagram, so what made you shift into showing the real you? And then what happened when you did that with the Karens, the wigs, the, all the things that we talk about that I love, what, what happened when you really said, I'm going to lean in to who I am? Yeah. Inauthenticity is exhausting. It's, yeah. it's really the most exhausting thing. And 
not to get too woo-woo on this show, but a lot of people ask me, how do you have so much energy? How do you have so much energy? This is the biggest question I get is energy, 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 because I'm a very energized person. And I think, yes, it's nutrition and it's sleep and it's movement and it's hydration. It's all my weird little biohacks. And I stick green juice up my hoo-ha and get clonics or what, you know what I mean? Like I do all the weird shit. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's, it's really about authenticity. I'm super authentic. Who you see online is who I am in person. And a huge part of who I am is I'm really weird and I'm really goofy and I love comedy. And I think I'm a comedian first, marketer second, to be honest with you. And that's becoming more clear as I'm getting older. And so what happened is a few years ago, I realized that I didn't want to show up anymore. It wasn't fun for me. And I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So if it's not fun, I'm out. And so I was like, I don't really want to do this. If I don't get to be myself, I don't want this job of being an influencer or a personal brand because it's it's exhausting then. And then I have to be an actress. And I didn't sign up to be an actress. And so I was showing up a little bit more polished than I wanted to because that's what I saw the other women in the marketing space doing. And I thought my show had to sound perfect. And you can't say poop jokes and you can't say things like that because you're a marketer <laughs> and you're in business and you wear a suit on your live videos and you have your hair and makeup done all the time. And I literally hired a makeup artist to come over before all of my Facebook lives years ago. Oh, I am yeah. dead freaking serious. And now I laugh because I show up looking like a hot mess express. And I just, I just got tired of not being myself. And if you're listening to this and you're in that right now, you know what that feels like. I was tired of not being me. And I woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm going to be fully me. Screw it. Let's see what happens. If everyone leaves, well, you know what? I'll just go be a realtor. I'll just go work at SeaWorld. Who cares? I'll just, I'll do something else, you know? I don't know why those yeah. are always my two options, you know? Yeah. I'm, da- I'm down with it. Both seem, both seem right to me. Both seem right. <laughs> right? Oh. I'm like, what else would I do that's like friendly and you get to work with people? So <laughs> that, or I was like, you know, I'll either, I was like, I'll either go do that or I'm going to double down on who I am, be so fully myself that it attracts women who have a sense of humor, who get it, who are also weird and they can own their weird as well. And it inspires them to own their weird. and that that will be that will be what happens and what happened is my brand did grow it blew up and and it, it wasn't overnight obviously it wasn't that day but when i was fully myself that is when my brand really grew and so women ask me all of the time secrets to sales and to and to marketing and how do you sell out courses and live events and dtc physical products and everything you do seems to sell well it sells because i'm real it sells because who you see is is who i am and it sells because i am so myself and So whatever that looks like for you listening, the more you're that online, people are attracted to that. People are magnetized to authenticity. And so it's like literally the biggest thing that I preach now. I'm like, guys, just be you, whatever it is. Marketing is about authenticity. So if you're not being you, of course you're not selling shit because people know it's not you. And so now my, my new thing is own your weird. And we're coming out with all this merch around own your weird because so many women DM me and they're like, I follow you because you're weird. And once I realized that there were other women out there who wanted to see that and see that self-expression um, and they were inspired by that self-expression, I just started to own it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to own it even more. But I do still have some fears around it, right? I mean, it's scary um, because not everybody likes every skit, but um, I want to own it even more because I think it is it is my superpower. There's a lot of things I'm not good at, but I think that's my superpower is authenticity and then inspiring other people to be themselves. And you know, you're, you were in comedy. If comedy is all about owning who you are fully. If not, I mean, you can't get up there. It's, it's scary if, if you're not fully confident in who you are. And, and I also think entrepreneurship is uh, so serious, right? Everyone takes it so serious, making money and launching a business. And 
I just feel like if you're not having fun while you're doing it and laughing at your mistakes and celebrating the suck, like, dude, it's going to be, it's really going to not be fun. And I don't know how you're going to stay consistent because it's, it's a, it's a long road. And so me infusing fun into my brand is also a way for me to tell women and men, Hey, you got to enjoy the journey and enjoy the process because entrepreneurship isn't for the faint of heart. It's for the people who want to be in it and, and want to enjoy the process. So in a nutshell, I started owning my weird and it ended up benefiting me, even though I was super afraid because I don't know, a lot of women in the business personal development space are very serious. And, um, I felt alone. I felt like, is there something wrong with me? Mm. You know, I did. And, and still there are days where I do, I see an ad where I'm like, Ooh, I wouldn't post that. Or I wouldn't say that. Do I have to say how, say it how she is, or I have that comparisonitis. Right. And so yeah. I think I'm still now at 30 years old battling with a little bit of like, Oh, do I have to look and sound and be like her in order to be successful? Even though I've proven I don't, but I still deal with it. Right. I'm human. So yeah, that's a, that's a great question though. <laughs> no, I loved your answer. Well, it's so funny and relatable because I think, uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, the failed at family, uh, we have comedians, we have entrepreneurs, we have people in the corporate space um, because what we do at Improve It kind of spans all of those realms. And what's so interesting, and I see a parallel between you and I, is when I walked into my first improv class years ago, I'll never forget this. I just felt like I was at home and I was like, I am free to be a huge weirdo right now. Like I am free to be, and you can go big. I know you like to do the like big characters. That's my jam. And I found a very cool theater in Chicago, the Annoyance Theater. They talk, their biggest rule is own your shit, like stick to your shit. If you're going to be a weirdo, like be a huge weirdo, but don't stop being that huge weirdo in the scene to keep that going and don't lose it because if you lose it, then the audience isn't going to believe you. So you have to own that weird. And that is where I found my voice is truly at the annoyance. But what you're saying is so parallel to the business world. And I think so many people listening can really resonate with that, that if you show up as you are, and, and truly, I want to kind of parallel this also into 2020, I think as people in the corporate space, and even as entrepreneurs, we are being forced to be more creative, and then also show up as we are, because we're in each other's homes, you know, all day long on Zoom, we're sitting there watching people be parents, watching them have pets, watching them enjoy their Lululemon wear, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting that your career really, it seems really shot up and even just continue to grow by you owning that. So I love that, Angie Lee, real hard. Oh, I love it. Yeah, my next book actually, After Ready's Lies, is, is called Own Your Weird. And so it's literally going to be about this concept because, I mean, I think... I think way more people are inner weirdos, but they just don't let it shine because they've been told that they can't and you have to show up a certain way. And man, it just, it just doesn't work. It ends up being exhausting. And, and especially if you're in sales or in business, you're not going to, it's not going to work, you know? <laughs> no, no. And I love that you have the second book and the first one. So I, I mean, that's what you do, right? You're not I know, sure, right? I'm already like, ahead. I'm already mapping out on your weird. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Well, I know a lot of weirdos if you need some interviews. So <laughs> like we're, we're here for it all. Um, but I want to take this too. So thinking about 2020 in a nutshell, I know you are already online. You're, I, I know I mentioned to you before we started recording, we were an in-person business. A lot of businesses have had to really pivot online, but 
for you specifically, what will you tell people? Let's just fast forward to 2025. What will you tell people about the year 2020 and what it meant to you? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to be like, yo, it was the worst. Just be glad it's over. Like, what? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Two more months. I don't know. I think there's blessings in every breakdown, right? As corny as that sounds, it's like a live, laugh, love sticker, but um, there is, there's blessings in a breakdown. And I think it, it, it inspired more people to take their business digital, which maybe some people really needed that nudge and they needed to have an additional source of income coming from the online space versus they were relying on in-person stuff. So there's a benefit. I've heard that from many people. Um, for me, it's, it's actually encouraged me to step more into comedy and the skits and the videos because now I'm not planning a live event. And so with a little bit more time on my hands, that's what I want to do. I want to create more. And so I think it's, it's helped comedians. It's given them a lot of content. Let's just say, um, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been what you, what you want to make it. Right. And I think, I think that, um, yeah, it's it hasn't affected me as much because I was already all online except for the event. But I think it taught me that I needed I needed that permission slip to almost like really dive into comedy. And I think 2020 gave me that permission slip because I realized that no matter what you do or say, people aren't going to like it. So you might as well just you might as well just double down and be you. And that's yeah. really what the lesson of 2020 has been for me. Um, with my brand is like, all right, just be fully you because there's people who don't like my Karen videos. There's people who think it's not, and I, they're just not my people then. And that's okay. And I needed to learn that lesson. So that's really what 2020 has been for me. I love it. I love it. And the Karen videos, I personally find hilarious. So mm-hmm. keep them coming. Hey, failed it fam. Do you have what the kids call Zoom fatigue? Are you sick of logging on Zoom and hearing things like, can you see my screen? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. And oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I'm late. Are you working from home in your bedroom slippers and business mullet like me, which I'm talking about wearing a business top and yoga pants on the bottom, feeling like it's Groundhog's Day every single day? Do you need some laughter, levity, and fun in your workday to change things up while remote? How about a laugh break? That's right. It's called Laugh Break, and it's Improve It's newest virtual offering. Laugh Breaks brings seasoned Chicago and Charlotte-based improvisers into your virtual conference call for a little taste of short-form improvisation. In each session, improvisers engage on live, on-the-spot games based on your team's laughter and suggestions. Now, whether your team needs a quick 15 minutes of laughter or a more substantial 30-minute break, Improve It has got your back. You can go to www.learntoimproveit.com backslash laugh break, or just click on the link in our show notes to book yours on demand today. Again, that's learntoimproveit.com backslash laugh break. Get ready to sit back, relax, and grab some giggles because we could all use a little laugh break right now. See you on the Zoom. All right. So we have talked about your success. I mean, you have 30 years old. You've done so much. Look, I'm, I know it's like on paper, it sounds weird. And it's kind of why I read the, the bio to you is because I want you to feel how much you've done and how much you've given to the world. And you've even shared this as we're, I'm, I'm chatting through these questions with you. But if you could pinpoint 
two specific failures that you had on this journey of entrepreneurship, could you share what they are and the lessons you learned from them? Mm, Gosh, two specific ones. I feel like for me, it's been many failures just along the way, things not going well. I mean, one of them that I always think back to is because I can remember exactly where I was sitting on my bed. I can feel it. It was one of my first webinars and I was all excited. I thought, you know, 100 to 200 women would show up. I was really optimistic about it. And it ended up being like one woman who showed up. And (laughs) so this one woman shows up and I'm just like defeated. I feel like, wow, I'm, I'm a failure. This is horrible. And so I feel like a lot of my journey has been getting back up, even when I had those little, those moments of no one showing up and no one being there. I mean, my events have thousands of women, but what people don't realize is my first events and meetups in Chicago had a few, had a few women. They just had a few women, you know, that showed up to the meetup. And so it wasn't, it wasn't thousands of people. And so I think for me, it's been a lot of those little micro moments. I wouldn't say there's like one big failure. I mean, it's just every day I fail in some capacity in this business. So I think number one, it would be, um, yeah, obviously the story I told you about me and Mike. And that, you know, what's so funny. I'm, I'm asked this question a lot. I don't even see them as failures. So that's yeah. why it's so hard for me to answer. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've had people not show up. I've had people not buy shit. I mean, I've lost a ton of money. I've made a lot of money. I mean, but I'm just like that. That's it. That's entrepreneurship. There, I don't. I've never considered it a failure ever in my head. I never yeah. embody something ever as a failure. And I don't know if that's just like a blessing that on blessings. And so I'm just going to run with it. But I've never once thought I'm going to quit. Never. I've never considered quitting ever. And so it's interesting how it doesn't hit me the same. I think I'm just like, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? If that even makes yeah. sense. No, it makes a hundred percent. Probably because I laugh at it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's, you know, the point of this show too, is really one of the biggest rules in improv comedy, which is there are no mistakes, only gifts. So seeing those failures as gifts is really what you've done. And you haven't really said, okay, this is going to knock me down. I'm going to stay down. You pivoted those quote unquote gifts into creating more. You've just said, I'm going to take action on this fear or I'm going to take action on this failure. And you've just used it to fuel you into your next project is what I'm hearing you say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and let me ask you this. Have you ever been in corporate or, or have you always done something entrepreneurial? So I was in corporate for a little bit uh, with college internships. And then a little bit after college, I worked for an ad agency in Chicago. And so I did a little bit, but then quickly, quickly realized I cannot wear pants to work every day. (laughs) This is not happening. And like, I'm just so unemployable. Oh God. I mean, I'm just so bad. Like I won't show up on time. I won't do what you say. So like there's, there's honestly no other option for me. And so that's always been kind of funny and scary is like, what else would I do, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear you. I heard that. I know. I spent the first seven years of my my twenties just trying to like run from the man. I was like, I am not gonna work in a corporate office. Mm-hmm. And then I did. But then I got out about six years run later. From the man. <laughs> run from the man. I'm running hard. Uh, mm-hmm. but I will say it's just so interesting because I think you're born with this mindset. If I'm if somebody I've been in 
we've had improve it for about six years now. So it's like, I always knew the same thing that you just said. Like I always knew that I was meant to do something on my own. I will say I did. I, w- I would say I wore pants. I wore a lot of dresses mm-hmm. before 2020. Mm-hmm. And literally I've not changed out of my Ugg slippers. I know you're a Crocs gal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not changed out of them since March of 2020. <laughs> and I have no regrets and I'm not going to go back. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I walk into any office, I'm wearing an Ugg slipper. Um, Oh my gosh. But I do, I do really hear you on that. And I think if somebody here is listening, okay, today, and like I said, our biggest, the biggest rule we say in improv, there are no mistakes, there are only gifts. What would you say your three action items for anybody who's out there listening from the failed at family, from the baby grandmas? What are your three action items from them to improve themselves based on learning from your quote unquote gifts? Mm. Yeah, I would say one, celebrate the suck. And what I mean by that is you have to find joy in this journey. You have to be able to laugh off your mistakes. You have to be able to laugh when you mess up. I sent an email yesterday to my entire list and I did not put in the correct links. That was not good. I had to <laughs> laugh off and figure it out. And now I'm going to send a, oops, I did it again, Britney Spears email. To make up for it, you know, it's, it's like, like yes. what you gotta do. So you gotta celebrate the suck. You have to celebrate when one person shows up and you're super bummed about it. But you know what? You're gonna show up and give the speech anyway. You're gonna have to dance around your kitchen when only one person buys your product and you thought that twenty were gonna buy it and, and it's your launch day, right? You have to be in it and know that, like. I, I just believe that if more entrepreneurs had fun with the process, they wouldn't take themselves so seriously. And it wouldn't, I think the sting of failure hurts because people are taking it so seriously. So when you have fun, your bounce back rate is higher. And so I'm able to get back up because I I laughed it off. So one, you got to celebrate the suck, not just embrace it. I think embracing is like, you got to tough it out, but celebrating it, like literally laughing it off. (laughs) So yeah, humor. Number two, starting messy, right? Having gosh, realizing that done is better than perfect and really throwing away this idea that when you do launch something online or you launch an event, a product, a course, whatever it may be, it's not going to be amazing the first time you launch it. And it's not going to be your favorite version, the first one. And that's okay. And so I think a lot of people are waiting to look a certain way or to have their product be a certain way until the world sees it. But if you have an idea that's sitting in your brain, but you're not launching it because of perfectionism, you're taking away something from the world. You're, you're basically mm. hiding a gift. And mm. so for me, I'm so big on sharing your gifts, even if the gift is messy. Share the gift, even if it's a B plus right now, or it's a B minus, or it's a C, right? It's, uh-huh. not, it's not perfect yet. And I think that perfect is a lie, right? I mean, that's literally <laughs> what the book is about. And I, I feel like if more people embody that, they would take more chances. They would take more crazy fun risks and they would have more success because the more risks you're taking, well, it's just a, you know, it's a numbers game. The more likely you are to actually hit, hit success with it. So I would say definitely starting messy. And then, and then, like I said, I think ready is a lie. Stop waiting for the right moment. Stop waiting for that day. Stop waiting for someone to give you a permission slip. Stop waiting for someone to tell you you're good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, whatever enough, because that day is never, it's never coming. It's not happening. Um, today is that day. So you have to give yourself a permission slip. (laughs) 
So get up and just do the dang thing. And through that process, you'll find clarity. I know a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want to put out shitty work. You have to realize that the only way to create better work in this world is to first put it out at B plus, And then from there, you're going to get feedback. And with that feedback, then you can refine and get better. Oh my God. Let me do one of these. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Okay. So much I want to unpack. I love your I voice. Love- I feel like you should be a singer. <laughs> okay. My voice is like such... I call this Fran Drescher on a farm. I'm half Midwestern, half Southern. And so it's like a nasal twang. You oh know? my so God. I like, love it. It's a, it's a special one. Been been using it my whole life, but you know, it's weird. Uh, and I'm owning it. I'm owning it. Yeah. Uh, but okay, Angie. Yes, yes, yes. So many things. Okay, first of all, this whole embrace the suck goes so much in line with what, like I said, in improv, there are no mistakes, only gifts. If anything happens on stage, it becomes a part of the scene. We bring it into the scene. We make it a part of the scene. Same thing with life. I mean, that's it. Like it's, it's, you have to be able to say this thing happened. How do I embrace that? How do I make it a part of this journey? Whether it's in corporate America, how, whether it's in an entrepreneurial role. Number two, done is better than perfect is literally what I have to tell myself every single time I hit publish on this dang, this podcast, truly. And I know we talk about this a lot on my team. And it's, I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially in corporate America and especially in entrepreneurship. We want everything to look and feel a certain way. But as long as we're sharing that gift, like you said, with the world is so important and also ready is a lie is just beautiful. When I think of that phrase, I think of you, obviously you're writing a book about it, uh, but I think it's just, it's just a constant reminder for everybody and anybody listening who. Maybe 2020 is meant for you a year of reassessment and you are thinking about your next step and maybe it's not in corporate. Maybe you want to leave and do something entrepreneurial. Maybe you're like, hey, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. That's fine too. Maybe it's whatever it is, you're never going to feel like I'm ready to do that now. And I, I can't wait for your book to come out. I think I'm 100% putting it on my, li- on my Amazon oh, cart, maids, and anybody yeah. listening here, please, this show, I think, when will your book come out again? February, you said? Early, early 2021. Yeah, I've been working on okay. it for a while. And um, yeah, it gives me chills when you even say that because then the title to me is like, it's everything. Like it's, it's not because it's my own, but it's one of the best titles I've heard in a long time. And I'm like, holy shit, like, I came up with that in the car one day, like, oh man, I got up. This is it. So I'm like procrastinating myself on it and I need to get it done. But it's, it's the truth, right? Where there's never a day where you're, you're brave enough to go do the thing. Oh, no. And I, I just am inspired by you. I think, you know, as soon as that book is out, we'll share it with everybody here. And just, I think those gifts are so special and I love those lessons. I have, I have another life philosophical question here for you. So name of our company is Improve It. We say your it is whatever you want it to be. So what would you say is your it or your life's purpose, if you will? Mm. Tell me the meaning of your life, Angie Yeah, I'm like, ooh, let's get deep. Um, yeah, you know, make, helping people make money is great. It's It's fun. You get to help people to, you know, find freedom. And I think that's great. But I really think that the reason I'm here and all of my work moving forward will always be, and it's always been, and, and, and no matter what form that's in, 
um, no matter what vehicle that is, is uh, joy. I think I'm a joy dealer. I think I'm here to spread joy. And ideally, maybe that'll be a comedian one day. Right now, it's it's through a few different mediums with speaking and and podcasting and teaching marketing. But I think regardless of what I do, that's that's it for me. Like when people tell me, hey, I watched your stories and it made me laugh so hard. And it made me feel like I could get through the day or I'm suffering from depression and, and your stories helped me. Like, that's it for me. That is it. Yeah. I'm like done. That is why I'm here. It's not actually like when someone tells me they made a ton of money, I'm like, cool, that's fine. Like I'm glad my course helped or I'm glad my thing helped. But for me, it is, it's the joy. I think with joy, you can do anything with joy. You can be unstoppable, right? You can start a business when you're joyful. And so I think before anything, it's like, how do I just bring more joy to people so then they can go conquer the world. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love that. The world needs your light, girl, and yeah. keep shining it because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Aww. so I love that answer. I have another question for you. What did you fail at today? Well, I uh, sent out that email and uh, my brother was like, really, you forgot the links? It went to the wrong place. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? You didn't check the links. I'm like, I thought I did. He's like, are you serious? So yeah. Um, welcome to entrepreneurship. I, I feel like that happens a lot. Those little like, Oh shit moments. I mean, they're not yeah. as scary as like when you're on stage and you forget your lines, but still it's like, oh, damn it. But you just keep going. You figure out a way, you, you know what you do? You, like you said, you make it part of the scene. I love that. You make it part of the scene. You say to yeah. yourself, okay, how can I own this? And then illuminate it and then just make it part of the scene. <laughs> That's it. Yes. And it's again, I mean, I always say this too. Like I think about we're we're bringing light and love to the world. You're you're giving a product to the world that is helping people with their anxiety. So just not creating it internally is the best thing to do for yourself for your team. I love that answer because mm-hmm. I'm ready to get the oops I did it again email. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this is our final final question, but it's a round. So I call this the failure lightning round. All right. So there is a little improv here, Ange. And a little thinking quickly on your feet, but it's super easy. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and then I want you to respond as fast as you can with only one word answers, but no, you can't fail. Okay. But if you say more than one word, I will say fail. Yeah. Just like that. Just like a weird, (laughs) weird, weird voice. Like fail. Yeah. That's that's my okay. So, are you ready? I'm literally gonna just like do that somewhere today. Yeah. 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 Are you ready for the yeah. lightning round? Okay. Let's, let's go. Okay. I can't All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. One word to describe your early career. Messy. <laughs> one word to describe where you're currently at in your career she said to him I'm like I don't know shoot what comes through at first confused came through and then I was like why did that come through <laughs> we'll go with it we'll go <laughs> this is my cheeks hurt okay one word to describe your future self. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> One word to describe your favorite boss. Myself. What do you mean? Yeah. I don't have a- <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. That's good. All right. One word to describe your least favorite boss. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. One word to describe your Instagram style. Ooh, quirky. Ooh, okay. One word to describe baby grandmas. Devoted. (laughs) (laughs) And one word to describe this interview. Oh, epic. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. You didn't fail it. You nailed Woo! it. Oh, oh man. I, yes. I can't I can't stop laughing the way you say that. Oh yeah. You did it. You did it. Okay. Well, Angie. Okay. First of all, we no, it's just continuous. <laughs> uh, okay. How can our Found It family find you? Oh my gosh, I'm crying. Um, <laughs> you guys can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts, Angie Lee Show. You can find me on Instagram at Angie Lee Show and AngieLee.com is my website. Come say hey, come say what's up. If you're a weirdo, let's let's be weird together. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay, Angie. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us today. Oh, you're so welcome. No, I got to tell you, you're the soul of every baby grandma. You keep us calm and you're raw and your realness, 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 it's kind of weird. Realness is what the world needs more of. So thank you for showing up for all the baby grandmas each day, sharing your wisdom with the failed it family, sharing your light with the world. I'm sending you all the light and love and poop emojis. Okay. And I want to say thanks so much to you. And thank you so much to our Failed It family. Fail yeah, everybody. Fail yeah. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but want to leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today? And how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you, and you are totally failing it. See you next time.